Support for this podcast comes from the Florida Atlantic University College of Business, home to over 8,000 students, seven departments, six centers, and an impressive offering of interdisciplinary and professional development programs taught by the college's world-class faculty. Learn more at business.fau.edu. Welcome to What's Happening at FAU Business. I'm Jim Hellegaard, Media Relations Director in FAU's Division of Public Affairs for the College of Business. With us today is Len Trevino, SBA Communications Professor at FAU's College of Business, who's here to discuss his recent research on female entrepreneurs. Although female entrepreneurs are the fastest growing segment among startup enterprises, women are still less likely than men to start new ventures. A new study by Dr. Trevino, Ming Chang Lee, Assistant Professor at FAU's College of Business, and Ratan Deer, Assistant Professor at Eastern Michigan University College of Business, explores the cultural factors that may explain why this gender gap exists and varies widely in countries across the world. Their article detailing this research recently was published in the Journal of World Business. To learn more about this research, visit business.fau.edu news. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's interview with Dr. Len Trevino. Hi, Dr. Trevino. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate the invitation. I'm delighted to be here with you today. In your article, you and your co-authors explain why women in some countries are more likely to initiate new ventures than in other nations. How economically developed the countries are does not appear to explain these differences, so you looked for other possible explanations, particularly sociocultural factors that affect the way women and men think about starting business ventures. Across the 45 nations you studied, women were found 30% less likely than men to start business ventures. What did that finding suggest to you? Before I answer that, let me acknowledge my co-authors, who unfortunately can't be here with us today. Ming Chang Li is a professor at FAU, as you mentioned, and Ratan Deer, the lead author, is a professor at Eastern Michigan University. He's also one of FAU's top PhD program graduates, So as you can see, all of the authors on this paper have an FAU connection, resulting in a top publication. Back to the question. So this research builds on some of the work I've done regarding gender advancement and gender equality. And it it suggests that there's a lot more work to be done in bringing about equality between women and men within the domain of entrepreneurship. Over the years, the popular press has published stories of women who fought their families, the society, and to a certain extent, even themselves to start and manage their businesses, helping them to become successful while at the same time dealing with their family responsibilities. For example, take the cases of Ariana Huffington or Oprah Winfrey in the U.S. or someone who's less well-known, Kira Mazumdar, chairperson and managing director of Biocon, the largest technology firm in India. These women are famous and they make headlines But beyond the glittery surface, there are many stories of women who never thought of becoming entrepreneurs because there was no such word as a female entrepreneur in their societies. Or even if they thought about it, the familial pressure was so strong or the institutional infrastructure so weak that they could not fulfill their dreams of becoming an entrepreneur. This is not the tale of women in underdeveloped or developing nations, but we found that this is the reality at the global level, across all nations. Among your findings is that the gender gap in starting new ventures is smaller in masculine than in feminine nations. That might seem counterintuitive to some. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? That's right, Jim. Interestingly enough, counterintuitive findings help us to get published. 
And our findings suggest that in the masculine nations, the social emphasis on masculine values and ego goals, coupled with the organizational subjugation of women, stimulates women's aspirations toward entrepreneurship. This is because women tend to be shut out of traditional means by which to reach their goals through advancing in an organization. We believe they turn to entrepreneurship as an alternate route to become successful. The research found that social norms of leniency toward noncompliance and business ethics may positively affect women's perceived ability to start new ventures. Why is that? Yes, we think this is also a really interesting finding. It's well known that women are more devoted to the family side of work-family balance than men. This has a lot to do with their social upbringing, but also to biological factors. So we tried to relate these elements to the likelihood of starting a new business, which is competitive, full of regulations, and inherent with compliance issues, the legal environment, property rights issues, and so forth. These factors often make it difficult for women to start their business or even to think about doing so. This is because it takes a network of people, and they sometimes don't have that network the same as men might. So our study suggested that if there are ways within a society in terms of informal institutions that may make it possible for women to deal with these lengthy issues in a flexible manner, and if these ways are acceptable in that society, then perhaps women might be more likely to start businesses. And this is what we found. The implication of this finding is that women need more flexibility. Most of the policies and regulations that we have in place are structured with the male entrepreneur in mind. This is what we found in previous studies. Many organizations are created by men and for men. So policymakers must realize that women are different from men. And so for them to progress as entrepreneurs, they may need more flexibility and institutional support. You also found that women entrepreneurs face obstacles in developing a network of trust, which can make it more difficult for them to start new ventures. Can you explain why trust is an issue for women entrepreneurs and how this can create problems for them? Yes, that's right, Jim. Remember earlier I mentioned the importance of networks. Well, within those networks, trust is a critical element for people who may want to start businesses. A trusting relationship with others may enable a business founder to share their ideas freely without the fear of those ideas being stolen. It can enable them to borrow expertise from others, to gain mentorship, to acquire financial, social, or emotional support, and finally to negotiate agreements successfully. However, because trust-based informal networks are often dominated by men and they give priority to men, it is often easier for men to employ the trust-based networks towards starting new business ventures and ensuring their successful outcomes. Nevertheless, women traditionally do not have access to trust-based networks, which may make it difficult for them to start and subsequently to succeed in their business ventures. So what, in your opinion, are some of the implications of this study? Our findings suggest that policies designed to encourage female entrepreneurship cannot be divorced from the macro environment in which they're implemented. So policies to boost female entrepreneurship should strive to produce a desirable work-life balance. That's important to women. But it also should be aligned with prevailing social norms and practices. Public officials should aim to minimize 
the social bias that portrays women as less capable than men when it comes to starting new businesses. They should explicitly encourage the pursuit of entrepreneurship by women and attempt to ensure a fairer distribution of resources to them. They should ensure that organizations that facilitate the startup of new ventures, such as banks, credit unions, incubation centers, etc., display openness in their interactions with women. Such organizations should appoint more women to leadership positions to counteract that male dominance of social networks. Excessive red tape may hinder female entrepreneurship compared to entrepreneurship by men, as women have less time and resources to support their business endeavors. Finally, and most importantly, we know that entrepreneurship leads to economic growth. Our research suggests that countries are leaving a lot of growth on the table by not adequately supporting entrepreneurship by women. Wow, that's interesting. Where do you hope things will go from here in terms of addressing the issues your study revealed? Yes, we're really excited about the future. Although more research needs to be done, the time to act is now. We all know that the Fair Labor Standard Act, the Equal Pay Act, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, and the Family Medical Leave Act did not emerge in a day. And despite these legal rules and guidelines, women still experience discrimination and face double standards in the workplace. Interestingly, this discrimination is not limited to established organizations, but it's also becoming evident within the domain of entrepreneurship. Women are facing a second glass ceiling here, fully understanding why women are not equally represented among entrepreneurs globally can move us one step closer to gender equality in society and, by doing so, improve the functioning and productivity among countries. Dr. Trevino, thank you for joining us on today's podcast. Jim, I really appreciate the invitation and I look forward to hearing the podcast. What's Happening at FAU Business is part of the FAU College of Business podcast network. Learn more at business.fau.edu slash podcasts.